0: Can you stick a price tag on that? What would you say the average customer is paying you today to use the platform per month?
1: So Woven is pre-revenue, so we haven't an, enabled our uh, paywall just yet, but uh, we're, the products can be a price about 10 bucks uh, a user per month.
0: You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka. Now, if you're hearing this, it means you're not currently on our subscriber feed. To subscribe, go to getlatka.com. Hello everyone, my guest today is Tim Campos. As the former chief information officer at Facebook, he doubled overall productivity to 1.8 million per employee, making it the most productive company in the world. Now as CEO of Woven, he's reimagining how people use their calendars so they can spend time on what matters most. Tim, you ready to take us to the top? I'm ready. All right, give us the quick teaser here. So, so what year did you join Facebook officially and what year did you leave? I joined
1: Facebook in 2010. And I left at the end of 2016. So I was there for about six and a half years.
0: Okay. Now, did you start building the early workings of Woven inside of Facebook and sort of decide to spin it out or was it totally separate ideas?
1: No, I, it was, um, there, were, uh, there was a tool that we had at Facebook called the, uh, the Meeting Tool and eventually became the Calendar Tool. And the innards of that uh, were ultimately what uh, inspired Woven. We had uh, a bunch of problems, or things that we wanted to solve at Facebook, which uh, were time-related, starting with how do we allow two employees to meet with each other? But there were also even more interesting time problems when you got into some of the business functions, like for recruiting, how do they schedule large numbers of uh, candidates uh, without doing a a huge amount of back and forth. Um, For uh, sales, how do we better prepare salespeople for um, meetings with customers? Even for facilities, like can we get better data on how are our conference rooms being utilized? So we can plan out new buildings more effectively. So all these were different business problems that we had, where having something that the calendar doesn't do, um, but uh, was integrated with the calendar um, was you know it's it sort of the big opportunity, and that's that's what gave um, rise to Woven.
0: So so talk to us now about the product today. Is it doing exactly these things, or what spin have you put on it?
1: Yeah, so I mean at its core, Woven is an intelligence layer for the calendar. So it it makes it completes the calendar. The calendar has a bunch of things that it is not good at doing. Um, you know, for example, when you schedule with people, your calendar can't automatically do that for you. You usually have to have an executive assistant or spend a lot of time in email saying, here's times that would work for me, what times work for you? Um and so what we did is we build a bunch of extensions to the calendar to help it do that for you. Now, we, we were very clear that we did not want to replace the underlying countering system. So the things that Microsoft does and Google do, we didn't want to get into that business. So Woven is a layer on top of those systems, um, but it does extend them uh, pretty richly such that you know, there's a UI for the product and there's a lot of automation that it can
0: provide. And help me understand sir, who you're targeting here. Are these big enterprise accounts are kind of more like a large, low ARPU, but SMB sign up millions and build a big company.
1: Yeah, we're more today focused on individuals. So that's uh, inherently targeting uh, individual consultants, small business users. We do get a few enterprise uh, users, but we're not really focused on the enterprise just yet. Uh, Our focus today is more on the individual and, and with a single player product.
0: Can you stick a price tag on that? What would you say the average customer is paying you today to use the platform per month? So woven is pre-revenue. So we
1: haven't an, enabled our uh, paywall just yet, but uh, we're the product's gonna be priced about ten
0: bucks uh, a user per month. Okay, ten per user per month. Uh, now you sat on a lot of data uh, at Facebook. I'm sure you were in maybe pricing conversations, or you've at least studied it. You know, how do you come up with ten bucks a month?
1: Uh, one, you look at the market, and yeah. You know, to, that which gives you a very good understanding of what's the general willingness to pay, but also uh, we survey our users. So we have, uh, you know, a, a large number of users that have tried Woven, that are retained, that are using the product every single day, and we put uh, um, a Van Westendorp survey in front of them um, to get feedback on, you know, how much is too much, how little is too little, uh, what do you think is fair, what would feel like a good uh, value for you, and uh, the union of those four questions helps to. Uh, get you right to what the sweet spot is for the product.
0: Let's talk more about how you built the the free user base right now, so you could learn these sorts of things. So, first line of code was written when, and when, and when did you uh, bring on your first user?
1: Uh, in two thousand, beginning of two thousand seventeen is when we started developing the product, and uh, we. Went into a stealth mode beta um, in, uh, or I'd call it more like an alpha, in in April of 2008. That's a lot of Silicon
0: Valley in one sentence, Tim. Holy mackerel. Stealth (laughs) mode, (laughs) stealth mode beta. Yeah. So uh, here
1: was the deal. Uh, You know, being the CIO of Facebook, when I left the company, there was a lot of interest in what I was doing. And I didn't want, I knew that that was going to be a moment for us that we were going to be able to use as a a big PR moment. I didn't want to scoop it. So we went into um, stealth mode. So we were very quiet about what it is that we were doing, and when even when we put the product out into alpha, we didn't brand it. Um, it, it it wasn't connected to either myself or my co-founder, um, so that we could allow users to use the product without the connection to you know who the company is. We put built that separately. When we launched in November of 2018, we brought that branding together along with uh, with the product that we'd had uh, a couple thousand people playing around with.
0: Got it. Okay. So 2017 kind of first line of code company formation and sorry, first users were coming on. You said in December, 2018,
1: April of 2018,
0: April. Okay. April. And yeah. then so, so where did you get the, this is called the first hundred users. Where'd you get them from?
1: We started with Facebook ads. In fact, we used Facebook for a lot of testing. Um, so when we wanted to figure out who's going to be the ideal persona, uh, we did ads on Facebook for uh, landing pages to sign up for the product, and then we targeted those ads for you know, everybody from real estate agents to salespeople to CEOs, and we looked for where we had resonance, um, where we could get volume, and where the cost of acquisition looked pretty reasonable. So that's that's how we started. Um, we found with time our best users come from other users, and that's where we are today. That you know the majority of our acquisition is organic.
0: Tell me more when you were doing the testing, what it meant to be a reasonable CAC or to have a reasonable CAC.
1: Uh, well, we were trying to get, you know, our, our CACs, we had two platforms that we were uh, testing on desktop and mobile. We were trying to get the desktop CACs below 12 bucks. Uh, a user, we were trying to get the mobile CACs down to as close as five, which we thought were reasonable uh, considering that there wasn't a lot of product definition and, um, you know, the, their... Uh, you know, given the the nature of the product, ultimately, when we're looking at the entire marketing budget, we're we're trying to keep that uh, you know LTV to CAC ratio uh, above three. So, you know, the higher we can price the product and the more we can spend on acquisition, but for a $10 user a month product, that sort of sets a ceiling on what it is that we we're going to do for, um, for acquisition.
0: Yeah. Well, you're obviously LTV is hard right now because you're pre-revenue, but you think you're going to charge 10 bucks a month and you probably run some backwards calculations on what percent of the free years will convert. Uh, if, you know, if you pay 12 bucks to get a desktop sign up right now, based off your models, how many desktop signs do you need? You think to convert one to a paid customer?
1: Well, there's a big variable that we haven't been able to test yet because we don't have the paywall in place, which is that final step of what converts users. But what we're using is pro- uh, proxy measures based on engagement. Pro- one of the nice things about productivity software is your value proposition is you're helping people save time. So they're not going to use your product if it's not providing that uh, that value. And generally, because we're going after professionals, busy people, their time is worth you know six figures or more uh, on an annual basis. So, um, the ratio there is pretty attractive for them. Uh, and therefore we we believe that, uh, you know, the, a moderate to significant engagement level is a, is a adequate proxy at this stage for, um, for a paying user. And, uh, you know, so getting back to the, uh, you know, the unit economics, uh, you know, if it's going to cost us, if, if we can get those CACs down below three bucks uh, a user, then we can afford you know uh, more time to either onboard the user or um, you know we don't have to be as deliberate on on targeting. Uh, in order to get uh, that LTV to CAC uh, uh, above
0: three. This is a question, Tim, that a lot of SaaS founders start with is, yeah, we want to build some proxy measure based off engagement, but finding that right metric is so difficult. Uh, I'm I'm going off my memory here, but I believe Facebook, you guys came up very simple and succinct, which was, I think, like 10 friends in seven days. And that was like a really good thing to get done to, you know, drive lifetime value over time. Do you have that similar sort of statement for Woven?
1: Actually, what Facebook had was what's called L5 of seven. So did you use the product five out of the last seven days? And we're using something very similar for Woven to track engagement. The 10 friends was basically the... If you got 10 friends, you were much more likely to stay retained as measured by L5 of seven. And we have a similar objective there. We, We know that if our users create just a few events... Um, their probability of retention is significantly higher. And so that is the initial onboarding focus is get them through, get them properly set up and teach them how to use the product in some basic, simple way. And uh, once we get them through that point, then, uh, you know, we can start exposing the more advanced features to them.
0: It's very hard to get your team, your developers, especially in early stages, hyper-focused on whatever, you know, this activation metric is without actually quantifying it, both like a a numerical number and a time-based approach. So L5 of 7 is obviously amazing. Do you have a equivalent kind of statement at Woven?
1: Yeah, I mean, we call them uh, heavy retained users, but uh, the definition of the metric is actually very similar to L5 of 7. It's uh, a little bit more complicated, uh, but I mean, it's it's effectively a five
0: out of seven day utilization of the product does that mean five events created in the first seven days after they sign up or
1: no 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 that just means that they're they're we can see activity in the product so calendaring is not necessarily something where you're going to create an event every single day um but uh you are going to you know come back and look at your calendar to see where what event do i have to go to next and um you know, what am I doing next week? And you're absolutely going to use your calendar to uh, coordinate time with other people. So activity um, is the best measure of retention. Uh, calendar activity is the best predictor of retention, if that makes sense.
0: Interesting. Okay. Okay. So you oh, really? do have some metric around, do they view the calendar? They, do they coordinate with other people over, over a very short period of time after they're onboarded? And you know, if they do X, Y, and Z things, they are significantly more likely to be retained. That's right.
1: And if they don't, then those are the people that we want to focus on to try to uh, get them over that threshold.
0: Yeah. Or realize quickly that cohort's not one that's ever going to break the threshold. So stop spending money on that, on that CAG. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Okay. I mean,
1: there's other things that, I mean, we, in our business, we have one attractive aspect, which is, you know, if you're, if you're thinking of like a note-taking app, a brand new user sees a blank screen, right? There's, you're not going to have your old notes from the past or all your paper notes. They don't magically show up there. But for a calendaring app, you know the way that the, the calendar works. It is uh, you know there is a lot of of data already that helps us understand who is a busy user, who creates a lot of events, uh, and that for us is also predictive of whether they're likely to retain. So that helps us figure out, okay, let's make sure we're focusing on the busy people because that's the target market. If w- somebody comes into the product who doesn't have a lot of calendaring events, we're not going to spend as much time focusing on converting them because they're unlikely to get as much value out of the product. Yep.
0: Yep. Okay. Tell me more about how you've done this with the team. Obviously there's cost there. You're free. Have you raised capital? Yeah, we, um, this is not a cheap
1: endeavor. <laughs> the calendar app is extremely difficult and it requires, uh, really top-notch engineers. Uh, the, the most, in fact, this is a bit of a, a surprise for me. The, the most difficult aspect of this um, is the, the nature of time itself. It is complicated. It's not like that's
0: deep custom- stuff, Tim. You're taking us on a journey here. That's deep stuff. Well, I'll
1: just give you a simple example. What time is it right now?
0: Yeah. Well, for me, and- it's twelve sixteen. It's probably not the same for you.
1: Exactly. It's yeah. 10 where I am. So, that is, it, you get into the relative nature of time. It, it is twelve sixteen relative to your location, but ten sixteen relative to my location. Whose location are we talking about? You know, what day of the um, year also affects this? Because if I were in Arizona, uh, you know, I might be. Um, I, you know, they don't celebrate daylight savings. They don't follow daylight savings. So the rules there are different than it would be for California. Uh, so. All this complexity just makes its way into, you know, how do you develop the product? So as a result of that, we did not believe upfront that we could build this without a significant amount of capital. And that's why we went to the venture markets.
0: How much have you raised to date?
1: So we, we raised a seed round um, with uh, uh, Amplify Partners, and then we got uh, Battery Ventures to, to join that uh, round. And we raised $4.8 million with them.
0: Okay. Interesting. And what, to do the second round with battery, um, obviously you had to show some improvement over the Amplify round. Was it really just touting the user growth?
1: Uh, yeah. And battery is basically interested in, you know, is you've got a product now, are you going to be able to make a business? Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're, they're, they're absolutely looking at user growth.
0: To address some of the time situations you just discussed and the engineering challenges that that brings to the table. Talk to me about the team today. How many folks total on the team and how many engineers
1: so today we're about 15 people, um, with, uh, nine of them, uh, as engineers and one as a product designer. Uh, there's, I effectively serve as a product manager and then the rest of the company is growth. Uh,
0: well, good. So when, when's the go live day for the paywall? <laughs> Hopefully next month. Oh, real? Okay, very soon. That'll be so You have to come back on right after you do that and tell us tell us what you learned. Okay, so so pricing goes live. We're recording this here in uh, June twenty fourth on Wednesday. So sometime in July, you think? All right. And and how many users are you currently sitting on? Active ones?
1: Uh, we're not disclosing that publicly right now.
0: Okay. Um, how many? I guess. Let's say you decide to put up the paywall after X engagement metric, right? What conversion rate are you going to optimize? Like, what conversion rate do you want to hit on for people that you choose to show the paywall to?
1: Yeah. Uh, so, what we want to see is that for the first off, the, the engaged users that we are, are currently tracking, those L five of sevens or heavy retained users, we want to see that we get at least a hundred percent conversion of those, and that they're. Uh, if anything, we're hoping that that. Um, that definition has turned uh, to be too strict that there's actually a broader population of people who will pay for the po- uh, product who don't use it as actively as, as those. So that's uh, the first measure of success is uh, you know, what percentage of our user base uh, converts to paying relative to the uh, version of the user base that is currently deemed to be heavy retained. Uh, the second thing is then for new users where, where we'll care about is those busy accounts. So when we, Acquire a user who fits our target persona You know, we want to see that, you know, we're converting them to paying users at least uh, 7% of the time and ideally above that.
0: Mm -hmm. To go back to the first part of your answer, if you want 100% conversion on the paywall pop-up, that's simple to do. You just only put the paywall in front of your most active, engaged user, and then you have 100% conversion. The question is, how far down your activation stack can you move the paywall where the less and less and less active people, how far can you push that down where they're still converting? And so that's my question, right? Is how far down will you push the paywall? So if your conversion rate drops from 100% on day 1 when you launch pricing, then you then you expand the group you show it to and it goes down to 95 and eventually maybe it drops to like 50%, where will you stop? Where will you not show a paywall to where the conversion rate drops below?
1: I don't think we have the answer to that just yet. I think okay. it's going to really depend on the um because there's another factor in here. Uh our users get us other users. And the product is more valuable the more people who are connected to it. So We don't want to create too much of a disincentive for the non-paying user to be uh, connected and integrated into the product. So that's where this has to be um, fine-tuned. There's uh, a multiple, you know, it's a an additional variable to optimize for.
0: Yeah. I mean, this would be obviously freemium approach and the argument there would be just only show that paywall where you're very confident it's close to like a 95, 100% conversion rate because everything below that is free marketing for you. And so this is the balance that everyone's always striking.
1: Yeah. I mean, one of the things we, uh, we learned from talking to people at Slack is, um, you know, to not have your paywall at all be an impediment to growth that the Slack model of 10,000 messages before you have to start paying, Um, basically allowed their users to get hooked. And there was no limitation on the number of people that could be in your Slack channels and the size of the company. Um, But what they had, they call it an an accordion effect, that the more the product got utilized, the sooner you were going to run into that paywall constraint. And so a lot of their guidance to us was just look for the features that people use um, on day 30 that they don't use in the first 30 days to, uh, you know, as, as one of your indicators for the construction of your paywall and how to introduce that to, to people. And so that's something that going back to this, um, you know, there's, it's not just what's the success rate in converting users, um, to the paywall on day one, it's over time as well. You know, we want to retain them as users first, and then we want to retain them as paying users second.
0: Yeah, no, it may, all makes a lot of sense. There's good lessons there. Let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, favorite business book.
1: Oh, uh, great by choice.
0: That's a good by, one. Uh,
1: Jim Collins.
0: Number two, CEO you're following or studying?
1: Uh, I mean, there's so many of them, but, um, I'll give you two. Uh, I mean, there's one, just, I, I find Elon Musk just amazing. How can you have just this string of hits that he has had between PayPal and Tesla, pay, PayPal, Tesla, SpaceX, uh, boring company, I, I just amazing. But on the flip side, there's another gentleman that nobody will have heard of because uh, his company is really small. Dude, I love the CEO, CEO of a company called insight. Um, and uh, this guy's name or is Mike, name? Mike, Mike Chaput. And I don't know anybody who is as effective in building and driving culture in small businesses as Mike is. Um, I just think it's his killer
0: strength. No, and, uh, number three, favorite online tool for building your company besides woven. Oh, that's a tough one. I mean, probably slack. Number four. Number four. How many hours of sleep are you getting every night? (laughs) Maybe two. Two? (laughs) Two. Come on, Tim. That's not sustainable.
1: No, it's not. I didn't sleep at all last night. What's your
0: situation? Married, single, kiddos? All right. Do you have kids running around? I have two kids. Okay, Uh, well, that, that maybe explains it. High school kids. Oh, that doesn't explain it. You don't get a break. Two hours of sleep. Come on.
1: Oh, I love this company. I love doing what I do. And it's hard for me to turn it off.
0: Yeah, but there's it's a lot of people that love the company. You know, they have to get sleep to pour more love in.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. Yeah. And how old are, are you? My wife
1: would be with you on this. Yeah. On 47. Yeah.
0: 47. All right, Tim, take us home here. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? Oh, my God. You know, invest in yourself. It's the best investment you can make. Guys, there you have it, Woven, hoping to reinvent how people engage with their calendars, make it easier for busy people to get stuff scheduled so they can spend less time in their computers and more time face-to-face or Zoom-to-Zoom as we are today. Uh, They are pre-revenue today, launched in 2017, looking to launch their pricing plan here in July. We'll see what happens. 4.8 million raised from Amplify and Battery as Tim looks to scale. Tim, thanks for taking us to the top.
1: All right. Great to meet you.